Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Today we're going to land this series by looking at Psalms of Thanksgiving. So we're going to turn to Psalm 138, a poem attributed to King David towards the end of his life. And then we're going to open up the text. So if we could get the passage up on the screens, we'll have a read. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a beautiful piece of scripture. What trust and faith David has in God. I wonder what these words stir in you today. Do they make you feel encouraged? Does it just sound like a nice poem, but you don't know how it really translates into real life? Perhaps you hear these words and you're reminded of times where God has been good, of the things that you have to say thank you for. Or maybe you're like, it's 2022, I know about gratitude. I've got a bullet journal, I practice mindfulness. I have an attitude of gratitude. But wherever you are at, can I encourage you to open yourself to God's word and God's spirit? Because whilst it's true that saying thank you hardly seems revolutionary, often the simplest truths are the most profound. Because it's all good to start our day with five things that we're thankful for when things are good. It's another to keep saying thanks when they get tough or unsettled. Thankfulness is more than just a good habit or a positive mindset. Rather to the Christian, thankfulness is our compass. It's the thing we see by. It reorients us in times of struggle and points us back to our God who is faithful and unchanging. It transforms our hearts from self-seeking to kingdom bringing. Amen? Amen. Now I feel the need to be upfront. I am up here extolling the values of giving thanks in every season whilst knowing just how bad I am at it. I don't know about you, but I found lockdown tough. Like that first season of lockdown, I feel like I'm in good company. It was a roller coaster. And it was like one of those roller coasters where you're scared at the beginning and it just seems to get worse as the roller coaster goes on. Speaking personally, that first week, oh mate, I don't want to live through that again. I lost my grandma who had helped to raise me just as we went into lockdown. I found Hackney, this really claustrophobic and cloying space, as all we could do was go from living room to bedroom and bedroom to living room and then living room to Victoria Park, but you can only stay there for an hour and then you have to come back home. Like, I hated 
all of it. And as I often do, I responded to it not by shouting out, but by burying myself in my work, by overworking and overworking and overworking. And I started to neglect myself. I started to neglect the food I was putting into my body, the time I would spend away from screens. And so like everyone else in the world, that meant that my eye shot, oh, my eyesight, it was bad. It was like real bad. Um, and so I headed down to Mare Street Specsavers. It's not a glamorous place, guys, but it does the job. Um, and I went looking for a new pair of glasses. I walked in, masked up. And you know when you wear glasses and you had a mask and you can't really see anything because the steam of the, yeah, that's, that was my experience. And as I'm sitting, they bring me in for a scan. And I don't know what they see on this scan, but all I know is that it leads them to send me straight to A&E. I have no explanation, no warning, no words, just get to the hospital now. And so I'm headed to Whips Cross, not knowing what's going on, not allowed to know and understand, but what begins are months of neurological investigations. Because what they'd seen on the scan was that I had too much water on my brain, but no one could figure out why. And if they couldn't get to the bottom of it, especially if they couldn't do it in time. The thing that was up for grabs wasn't my heart or my health, but my eyesight. If they couldn't resolve it, eventually I would go blind. And so I had every test that you can think of. MRIs, angiograms, I became a pro at blood tests. And so I would love to tell you that in every season I gave thanks. Whew, I did not. <laughs> um, not even kind of, I lamented and I accused God and I asked him if he could even fix something so serious. All I had were questions. I didn't have pretty poems that would speak and encourage. You see, in a time where I needed God like I have never needed him before, it was like there was just this block between us. I could ask for things, but I could never cross it. I couldn't get close because every request came with this undertone of resentment with this undertone of questioning, with this undertone of disappointment. Whatever it may have looked like in your life, I think we all know at least once what it feels like to be truly helpless, to really have no answers, to feel entirely out of control. It's the one thing that connects us all. Perhaps for you, it's a relationship or not being where you thought you might be in life. Maybe it's a tough dynamic at home or with family or kids who are acting out. But what I wanna to say to you is that this book that we are reading, this book that we're opening up together is written with just that in mind. You see, the Psalms were literally collated to be a prayer book for a people in exile. After the temple was destroyed, this place where they had come to encounter God and worship God and be led in rituals that would help them connect with him, the scribes and religious leaders of the time went, we need something that can move with us. And so they collected these poems, 150 poems that would become a virtual temple, a place that told the full story of the Bible so that no matter what people were going through or experiencing, they would connect back to their God. And so as we read this Psalm, not only does David understand our struggles and our uncertainties, but so do generations of people who have sought God through the living word, who have sought God through the Psalms and time and time again found that he is faithful. Thank God for scripture, right? What richness it has for us. 
And so we get into this poem of thanks from David, whose life was like hella messy. Like he was unfaithful, went through child loss, political instability. His own son tried to depose him. I'm just saying like he had problems. If David can talk about faithfulness, I can talk about faithfulness. And so why don't we bring that text up at verse one as we get into just how he manages to get into this space. The verse says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Well, the first thing we see is that David let God be God. Notice that the Psalm doesn't start with a request, but with a recognition, a recognition of God's unchanging nature, that his love is unwavering, that he is faithful even when we are faithless. There's this recognition that God is holy and that what he promises, he brings about, what he speaks, he makes to pass. And so David shows us that we are to come into God's presence, not with questions, but with wholehearted worship and praise. Wholehearted means undivided, no conditions. It's bringing our whole selves in worship of God. What might it look like for you to offer that to God today? What might you need to get out of the way so that you can just meet with God and worship him? Because when we come to God from a place of awe rather than expectation, we join this eternal song of the ages that they have been singing in heaven from the very beginning. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when they're in the presence of God, they are drawn to such a humility that they lay down their crowns, their status, their importance, their significance as they are repeatedly blown away simply by recognizing that God is worthy to be praised. And I want to encourage you this week as you pray to begin every prayer with thank you, God. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for your nature. Thank you for the promises that you will bring to pass. And when we begin our prayers with starting in that place of worship, God begins to change things in us. He begins to make us more aware and discerning of where he's already at work, of what he is already doing as he shows us his closeness and compassion and the undeniable truth that God will fulfill his purpose for you, that he will not forsake you, his children. Like many of you here today, I know this to be true because on the other side of frustrations and hurt and doubt comes acceptance and gratitude. When I got sick, I was forced off of work for four months. Four months to a workaholic is like four years, which is really like four decades. I hated it. <sighs> and yeah, I was confronted with, well, what are you gonna do with all this free time? How are you gonna spend it? And when you get sick with something as serious as a neurological issue, there are like two things you can do. You can either lay on the couch or you can go for a really, really slow walk, but like there has to be someone watching, but like that, that's it. Walk or lay down. And so in that time, because there was genuinely nothing else to do, I began to find myself talking to God more. And I began to hear myself moving from, I don't like you, to I kind of understand, to maybe I'm grateful that you're making use of this space, to, oh, 
What a gift this has somehow become. I found this gratitude in walking with God at his pace rather than mine. I found this appreciation of the offer of friendship that God extends to every one of us, but that so often we're too busy to wholly grasp and engage with. And if you were to ask me what I got out of four months of being off work, I'd say I actually became friends with God again. Like that, that was the thing, that was the prize, that was the gift. I didn't make a load of money, I didn't find a new career path, I just became friends with the one who made me. You see, when we come to God with thanks, he changes the posture of our heart, he turns our what-ifs into even-ifs. What if the doctors can't make me better, God? What if I don't have an impressive, high-powered job? What if my kids' grades aren't high enough to get into uni? What if, what if, what if? Well, with thanks, with the recognition of who God is, of how awesome and kind and merciful and just God is, our requests become testimonies. As we say, even if you can't fix me, God, you are still faithful. Your love has never failed me. Even if my job won't give me the status I'm seeking, you have made me in your image. Even if my kids can't get the grades that I worry they need, you will serve them because you love them even more than I do. Amen? Amen. And as we let our prayers come out of a place of worship and thanks, God transforms and renews our hearts and our minds so that with David, we too can speak of God's faithfulness in hard times, so that we too can say the words of verses seven and eight. In fact, why don't we bring those back up on the screen, starting at verse seven. Fabulous. And would you join me in saying these out? Like these are words of truth for you, like they're words of truth for me. So let's read it together. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the horsey he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. Next slide. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. That is something he promises because it is within his nature. He is faithful when we are faithless. As we take stock of things and begin to thank God for who he is, he shows us just what he's been doing all alone. God's heart towards us is steady and unchanging. Even in the most difficult seasons, he protects us and rescues us because he is a good father. Sometimes we just need the reminder. And lastly, when we practice thanksgiving, when we practice thanking God as a part of our prayer life, we just talk more about him. It's like when you're in a new relationship, right? And you're so excited. And you're like, um, so here are all the reasons why he's really, really great. Like, it's like that but on steroids. You cannot help but talk about this God who has been faithful to you when you knew you didn't want to be faithful to him, who has helped you through a season that you know he couldn't, that you couldn't have done in your own strength. It's like all you can do is keep talking and talking of his goodness, when we share the things that we're thankful for and the things that we've seen him at work in. 
When we give thanks to God in private, we can't help but tell our stories in public. We cannot contain the goodness of God. And so as David speaks of the strength that God has given him in times of despair and danger, he draws others into praise. He draws them into worshiping God because if God did it for David, he'll do it again, right? That's why the kings praise him. That's why they sing of the ways of the Lord. I wonder if you've come to church today and you really just need God to do it again. You just need to hear a testimony of God's faithfulness because you're feeling empty. Almost like the more I keep talking about this God who is faithful, all you can see is the lack, the prayers you're still waiting to have answered. If that's you, you are in the right place because God wants to meet you in the midst of your disappointment. You see, what began for me as feeling like God had turned his back gradually became an experience of him using and teaching me things that I could never have imagined. And slowly but surely, others began to join me on this journey as they noticed the change in my heart, this attitude shifting towards God. And they began to pray for healing too. And I didn't come quickly. At times, I wasn't even sure if it would come at all. But my giving thanks for those small victories in my life and in others began to invite others to share this burden of waiting in prayer. You are not alone. If you've come today needing to see God move in power, well, church is a family. It's a place where we stand together and pray for one another. If you need to hear that God still answers prayers, he does but so often he answers them in deeper ways than we could have ever imagined. I would have loved for God to heal me day one. That wouldn't be a great story, but it'd be a great experience, I'm just saying. In reality, it was more like day 366, but who was counting? In fact, a cheeky plug for Alpha, but it was before one of my monthly appointments that we were watching a video together me, a couple group leaders, and a whole bunch of people with questions about faith. And the video was on, does God heal today? And I was like, oh, okay, tough subject, tough subject, tough subject. And so the video finishes and they ask me, Nai, is there anything you'd like prayer for? And I was like, I don't want to be the person who has like a really big serious issue that, that if it doesn't get answered, I have ruined your faith. Um, and so I was like, um, no, um, but thank God for friends because my friend Nicole went, no, no, you've got the brain thing. The brain thing needs prayer for. That, let, let's pray for that. And so a whole bunch of non-Christians gathered around me, laid hands and said, God, can you fix nice brain thing? And a week later, I went in for a scan, expecting the usual debate of the meds aren't working, the exams that you need are just gonna have to keep going. We're not seeing a single iota of progress. When the doctor confusedly asks me, so what's your secret? It's like, it's like it was never there. It's just completely gone. And I went, pardon, what, what's completely gone? And he was like, oh, all the pressure that was against your eyes that was going to cut off your eyesight. I don't use this language, but it's almost like you've been healed. And I couldn't believe that a year later, that this thing that had just become such an almost eclipse in my life that became something that impacted everything I did and every conversation I had and thoughts and dreams for what my future could look like, I couldn't imagine that that story would ever change. I can't tell you the freedom 
that that brought, not having to fear that one day things would just go dark and the light would never come. But what I can tell you is that through a harrowing experience, God's faithfulness never failed me. And I want to encourage you that his closeness was never more tangible than when I chose to say thank you for the tiny things I could find to say thank you for. Thanksgiving is powerful. In the words of Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God is good, friends. Oh, I was about to go all Pentecostal and be like, God's good all the time, but I don't know if you're ready. It's all right, we'll do another time. (laughs) But I will leave you with this final thought. And as I do, could the worship team come on up? But the only reason that we know this psalm The only reason that we have these words to point us towards gratitude in God is because David chose to not let his circumstances have the final say. If David had never clung to God in worship, if David had never let God change his heart from angry to grateful, if he had never shared his testimony of God's faithfulness, we would have no words to be encouraged by. They simply would not exist. And so I wonder... Might God be working out a song through your own life? One that will build up and equip his church to contend and believe in his character again. Might the experiences that have held you back or made you feel weak actually be a vehicle for you to experience a deeper joy and closeness with God? Because when we come to him in recognition and not request, he does more than we could ever ask or imagine. So would you be bold today and open up yourselves to the God who has been speaking from the moment we walked in this room? Would you stand with me and wait on him as we pray, come Holy Spirit. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.